بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وان جابر رضي الله عنه قال قال للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لو قد جاء مال البحرين قد اعطيتك هكذا وهكذا وهكذا فلم يجئ مال البحرين حتى قبض النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما جاء مال البحرين امر ابو بكر رضي الله عنه فنادى من كان له عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عده او دين فلياتنا فاتيته وقلت له ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لي كذا وكذا فحثى لي حثيا فعددتها فاذا هي خمسمائة فقال لي خذ مثلها متفق عليه Closing hadith in the chapter which deals with honoring one's commitments and fulfilling the promises which one makes. We began briefly a discussion of this hadith. The narrator is Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to me, obviously from the latter part of the hadith, we find that this wasn't just something Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to him, but Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa promised him. that when the wealth of Bahrain comes, this refers to the jizya or the taxes that were collected in Bahrain. Allah's Rasul says that when it comes, I will give you so much and so much and so much. As we mentioned previously, this hakada wa hakada wa hakada. In the riwayat of Bukhari Sharif, it is mentioned فَبَسَطَ يَدَيْهِ ثَلَاثَ مَرَّاتِ Bistawasam stretched his hand out three times. In other words, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not specify the exact amount that he would give Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, but indicated, he made a gesture, stretches, I'll give you so much, so much, so much. From this On the one hand, Ulama Ikram mentioned that we see the great generosity of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He could have told Jabir radiallahu anhu, when this well comes, I'll give you a thousand or two thousand or whatever it is. But this type of gesture, especially when one is giving something away, that I'll give you so much, this indicates two things. One is the person that is giving the extreme generosity of the nature of that person. And secondly, when you make this type of gesture, I'm giving, going to give this away in that manner, then it shows that the utter valuelessness of wealth in the eyes of Rasulullah He had no value for worldly wealth. This is why it was, we find hadith of Nabiya Pak Mali walid dunya, what is there for me in this dunya? This is a sign of extreme taqwa and piety when the heart disattaches itself from the love, what we call hubbul mal, from the love of worldly wealth. And only one whose heart is disattached can make this type of gesture. Where I'll give you and just stretch one's hand out like that. It shows that this wealth had no value in the eyes of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we find that This type of thing, when Sahaba would come to Nabiya Pak and they were in need, whatever he had, he gave it to them. 
at times he would allow them to take a debt on his behalf. Nabi Pak never kept anything back. And it is clear from the timing of this hadith or from the incident that occurs thereafter, or the latter part of this hadith, that this was at the very end of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And particularly at that time, Nabi Islam never liked to keep any dunya with him. He didn't want to leave this world whilst there was some wealth with him. In fact, it is mentioned that Tawfiya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa dir'uhu marhoonatun inda yuhudi bithalathina sa'am min sha'id ishtarahu li ahlihi that at the time of the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his armor who had been kept with a Jewish neighbor, or somebody who lived in the precincts of the home of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kept with him as collateral for salasina sa'ad, that is a measure of that time, for 30 sa'ad or 30 kilograms or 30 weight of bali, which he had acquired from that Jew, in order to feed his family members. This was the extent of the zuhud, of the disinclination of Rasulullah from the world. He didn't keep anything of the dunya with him. Nevertheless, Jabir is the narrator of the hadith. He says that the wealth of Bahrain did not come until the demise of Rasulullah had already occurred. Nabi passed away. From here, up to this point, ulama kiram extract another very important lesson that we learn from this hadith. We find that there are certain deviated sects in Islam that hold the viewpoint that Na'uzubillah, Nabi Islam was alimul ghaib. He had knowledge of the unseen. We find incidents like this clearly illustrate the fact that alimul ghaib is only Allah. Knowing everything and knowing the unseen is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, how was it possible that Nabi Salaam made such a promise to Zajabit that when the wealth of Bahrain comes, I will give you so much. Nabi Salaam didn't know that he was going to pass away before that wealth came. So it is obvious from this that Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not alimul ghaib. He made this promise and then he passed away. So when the wealth came, Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was the khalifa at that time. So Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu made an announcement. Man kana lahu inda Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam idatun o deinun falyatina. This also we learn that financial commitments or promises that we make, this is something of grave importance. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would be called upon to perform janaza salah of sahaba, he would ask the question, that, does this sahabi who passed away owe anybody anything? And if the answer was yes, then Nabi Islam would say, one of you perform his is the importance in order to emphasize the importance of discharging one's debt. Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Jahash radiallahu ta'ala who is the narrator of the hadith that once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed a janazah salah and then he was leaning against the wall of Baqi and he gestured, he said, Subhanallah, 
مَا أُنزِلَ مِنَ التَّشْدِيدِ Glory be to Allah. What a weighty order has come from Allah. Sahaba were affected. They saw the reaction of Rasulullah They were so afraid to even ask the question, Ya Rasulullah, what caused you to react like this? 24 hours transpired. The next day, they mustered up the courage and they came to Rasulullah wasallam. They said, Ya Rasulullah, مَتَّشْدِيد الَّذِي أُنزِلْ Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Jahash is the narrator of that hadith. He says, I went to Nabi wasallam and I asked him, مَتَّشْدِيد الَّذِي أُنزِلْ Ya Rasulullah, what was that weighty command of Allah? A hukam of Allah Ta'ala that caused you to react like that. Hold your head in your hand, gasp in astonishment. So Nabi wasallam said, Jibreel came and informed me that if a person becomes shaheed in the path of Allah, gives his life in Allah's path, is given life, then gives his life, is given life, then gives his life, wa alayhi dayn, and he has a financial commitment which he did not discharge, he will not be allowed to enter into Jannah. So financial commitments, this is something that has to be taken very, very seriously, cannot be taken lightly. So in any case, coming back to this, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, when the wealth of Bahrain comes, makes the announcement that is there anyone amongst you that had some promise from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or was owed anything by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Faliyatina, he should come to us. So at that time, Jabir radiallahu taala says, "I went to Abu Bakr radiallahu taala." And one more point, ulama ikra mentioned is that if there is some maslihat and benefit and requirement, it is permissible to specify a recipient from the Baytul Mal, from the public treasury, when allotting or distributing the wealth of the public treasury to make a commitment to some individual where the rest of the public does not share in that, in an Islamic state will be allowed if there is some maslihat or some need or some requirement, as was the case in Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made this commitment to him. So coming back to this incident, Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, I came to Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and I said to him, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to me that when the wealth of Bahrain comes, he will give me, and he repeated the gesture of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, like this and like this and like this. Hakada wa hakada wa hakada. So what did Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu do? Interesting point which ulama Kiram raised at this juncture is that Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu did not ask Jabir radiallahu ta'ala in this riwayat we don't find it that he asked Jabir radiallahu ta'ala to provide some proof you've made a claim towards some wealth or that you are being owed some money or there is a commitment that you should be given a financial payout or reimbursement Abu Bakr radiallahu didn't ask him that Jabir what proof do you have what is the reason that he didn't ask for proof? One explanation ulama ikram give is that it is possible that Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala had prior knowledge of this promise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He had been present when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said this to Jabir radiallahu Second explanation ulama ikram give is that Jabir radiallahu ta'ala was a person who was a person of impeccable honesty and integrity. So therefore there was no ostensible reason to doubt his claim. So based on that, Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala accepted it at surface value. Third explanation, some scholars state that there are other riwayat where there is a suggestion that possibly 
Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala did request witnesses. Whatever it was, look at the manner in which Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu fulfilled the promise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam. With his own hands, he picked up wealth from this wealth from the wealth of Bahrain, filled up both his palms and presented it to Jabir and told him that count it. When he counted it, he found that it was 500 dirhams or dinars, whatever the currency was at that time. So the first time, he made him count it. Second time, Abu Bakr said, take double. In other words, take another thousand. If this is 500, so hakada wa hakada wa hakada, like this and like this and like this, three gestures. So the first time the money was counted, the second and third time, Abu Bakr didn't put his hand again in the wealth and the second time and third time he just said count another 500 and then another 500. So based on this riwayat, Jabir radiallahu ta'ala received 1500 from the Baytul Mal in order to fulfill the promise and commitment of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa This is the reason why Imam Nawawi rahimahullah has mentioned this particular hadith in this chapter. One interesting point, ulama kiram extract from this particular hadith or the conduct of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala at this juncture is that when you are paying somebody let's assume, let's assume you owe somebody a certain amount it may be something that is measured by liters it may be a metric measure or it may actually be something that you physically count and you use something by which measurement is established. It's not necessary to repeat the process over and over and over again. For example, if your measuring bowl weighs or contains five liters or six liters by example, then if the amount owed is 30 and this thing measures six, then you can tell the person, take five times that amount. It's not necessary to keep re-measuring the thing over and over again. Like your stuffing, just one.